0: going on we are back with another episode of check the tape it is january 13th the saints eagles game just finished and i'm joined with brian principate like i am every sunday night monday morning whatever time in the week we do it brian how's it going good man good like you said what
1: 15 maybe not even 5 10 15 minutes ago the game just ended so we got raw raw kind of feedback on this one um as we now know the uh four teams that'll be playing for the conference championship games.
0: Yeah, so we got the Patriots and the Colts in the AFC and then the Saints and the Rams. Oh they I say the Colts? Yeah. Yeah the Patriots and the Chiefs in the AFC and the Saints and the Rams in the NFC and that game just finished the Eagles, Saints and until that it was an awful divisional round. Yeah. So I guess we should start with that one because that one was the one that was the most exciting and probably the one that we can actually spend the most time talking about.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it was one of the more highly anticipated games as well because you have the Super Bowl, defending Super Bowl champions going against the team that had been so good at home, and there was kind of a little bit of a twist in the way that people felt about this, especially because of the way that the Saints played the Eagles earlier in the year. So there was a lot of kind of you know, locker room kind of bulletin board material going on back and forth between these two teams. And and the game was a good one uh, from start to finish.
0: Yeah. And I wanted to mention before I kind of dived into it. So when my pick column, I went two and two the Saturday games. I got both right. Colts minus four. or I keep saying Colts. I don't know why. Chiefs minus four and a half and Rams minus seven. Got both of those. And then today, I picked against my beloved Patriots and took the Chargers plus four. And then the other one, I had the Saints minus six, which should have hit if Will Lutz would have made that field goal. Uh, Or no, it wasn't minus six. I'm sorry, it was minus eight. I'm all over the place right now. Uh, The game just ended. Sorry. (laughs) but um, You're hyped up. Yeah. So that game, it was weird because, you know, the very first play, Drew Brees comes out and throws that interception. I kind of felt like from the beginning – it felt like the Saints were just trying to destroy them like they did in that whatever the week was when they played them when they had Carson Wentz because Breeze was taking a lot of deep shots. They weren't really trying to do these long, methodical drives. And after those deep shots weren't really working, that's when they kind of changed and went to the methodical drives. In the third quarter, there was a stretch where they had an 11-minute drive or something like that. I saw a stack. That that drive they had was more was longer than uh the amount of time the Chargers had the ball in the first half oh, against the Patriots.
1: Man, that's crazy.
0: So they had that they gained over a hundred yards on that drive. I I didn't know if you knew this, but a football field is over a hundred yards. <laughs> I saw all these stats on Twitter. Um, so. Anytime they would get a penalty, it just didn't phase them. I mean, Breeze yep. would just find Michael Thomas or Kamara would get a big play. Ingram had a big run, but that was on a, the next drive. Mm-hmm. But it all kind of changed the momentum. So the Eagles went up 14-0. They got the pick. I feel like the Eagles had real good momentum in the first 15 plays, whatever you want to call it. Foles was hitting everybody on these short passes. Go up 14-0 quick. And then the m- momentum all changed. One, when Lattimore picked off Foles in the first half. and then the And then the Saints... Kind of got stopped by the Eagles. There was that third and one. And Fletcher Cox, I believe it was Fletcher Cox, stopped. Kamara. Whoever the running back, it was Kamara. I don't know if it was Kamara Ingram. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, I should remember. It just ended. But I have. It's all these thoughts are just jumbled together right now. Um, so they get stopped. Peterson denies the penalty. And I agree he should have because I thought the Saints would punt it. But then Peyton goes for it yeah. with Taysom Hill. And it kind of all just shifted to the Saints momentum from that point.
1: Yeah, there's a lot from this game that you can pull from and, and kind of put the blame on on Doug Peterson. That decision to, to decline the penalty, I don't think you can kind of point to because no. of where they were at on the field, the time of the game, nine times out of ten, a coach, almost every coach is going to punt in that situation. But Sean Payton is just a different kind of coach. And you got to roll the dice and say, you know what, we stopped them. It's fourth down and, and we're going to keep them where they're at. And, you know, they just had the good play on and. They weren't ready for the fake, and you have Taysom Hill, who's everyone loves to call you know, the Swiss, Swiss Army knife and can do it all, and that was the perfect play for him right there. But it, when we get deeper into this game, there is a lot that you can pull away from here, and you know, you kind of scratch your head for some of the decisions that, that Doug Peterson makes, especially probably the most defining moment in the game on the last interception where it goes through the hands of, of Alshon Jeffrey. We can go into it right now. They had the opportunity to take that play to the two-minute warning. It just seemed as though they rushed that play. And whatever you want to call it, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey has some of the most sure hands in the league. I don't know if, if they were not all ready for that play. It was a quick developing play. They all just seemed rushed at the line. It didn't make any sense to me. They were within striking distance at that point in the field. Take take your time. There's still two minutes left. I be- and I believe they had a timeout left as well. So that just that was bizarre to me. I would have thought that they would have slowed the game down there and 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 let it go to the two minute warning. And instead, they try to run a play and and the game is ended on that play right there.
0: They may have had two timeouts there too. And Burkhart, when uh, they before they ran it, he was basically saying, "Oh, they're going to take this down in the two minute warning." And then it was he was shocked that they yeah. decided to snap it and run a play. And yeah, I. You know, I like that theory kind of that it was all rushed and Alshon Jeffrey wasn't ready or whatever you want to say. And what a what a way for the foals magic to end on an interception. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is I I do think you're right that they had the two timeouts because what the other point I wanted to make was that very early in the second half, they had to burn a timeout because of a delay a game situation. Right. So wouldn't it have been, I know that Kamara ended up icing the game with, with a long run on third down regardless, but wouldn't it have been nice for the Eagles, even though they have the interception to have three timeouts there and, and force them to pick up a first down. Essentially the saints, once they got the interception, they didn't really need a first down They the Eagles would have had what, like 15, 20 seconds at most. Right. If they didn't pick up the first down. So, so two situations there where, they weren't ready to start the second half. They had to burn a timeout immediately. And then that rushed play for me were the two big ones that, that it just – Peterson, it didn't make much sense to me. Um, But, but yeah, I, I think that took everyone by surprise. And I really don't think that everyone was on the same page on that play just because of – it. that's just unconventional. It, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But you were very harsh on me very early in this game about me eating crow on Nick Foles. Let me just take you through the stats. Well, you quick. already
0: need to eat your crow. Let
1: me and take you through the- – you can't put a second pick on him. Let me let me take you through the stats. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna put the second interception on him because the ball was was put in the right spot. It wasn't a bad pass. So on those first two drives, he was eight for nine, 113 13 yards, and two total touchdowns. One on uh, in the air, and then one on the rushing touchdown for a yard. After those two drives, so basically after the first quarter, he was ten for 22 for 88 yards. And then the one interception, which was his fault, and then the second one, which went through the hands of Jeffrey. So two interceptions. Come on now, come on now. Well, this
0: is, he it's has over. A, he's a, Yeah, it is over. Well, it's over in terms of what. Obviously, their season's over. They're I don't want to hear. It's <laughs> over. I don't want. I don't want to hear this
1: whole thing that you know he's this you know miraculous quarterback that should be heralded as this you know champion. Of course, he won a Super Bowl, but he's not. Everyone puts him on this pedestal that he is.
0: Above everyone else, but everybody did it in like a humorous way, you know.
1: I I don't think so. I think it was for a while, and then it all kind of changed this year. Where, you know, obviously there's a the conversation of, well, you know, who, are they going to sign him? Are they going to resign him and and let him be the quarterback? Or are they going to sign and trade? Are they going to let him walk? What what are they going to do? What's well, the deal with with Carson Wentz? These are all questions that are going to have to be answered by Philadelphia. And of course, they don't win this year, so it doesn't make it even easier. If they won the Super Bowl and have to answer those questions in the offseason, it makes it a whole lot easier. Now they lose in the divisional round and they have to answer all these questions. But to me, this was this was your typical Carson uh, uh, Nick Foles game here. That they, they he, he was he was under pressure. They had a better defense against him. They knew how to play him. And to me, this is what I would have expected out of out of Nick Foles. And this it's not like he's been this miraculous. You know, throwing for four hundred yards, five touchdowns. It was the same thing last week. It was the exact same thing last week.
0: To answer your question about the whole Wentz thing, I think that ship has sailed. I think Foles has to be the guy over Wentz. So
1: the only situation I would think that they would they would get rid of Foles is that they'd have to basically do a sign and trade. They're not they're not going to just what, let him go. What are you
0: talking about? What are you talking about a sign and trade? Like you franchise him and then trade him?
1: Basically, to get they have to get some if they're going to let him go, there's no way they can rationalize just letting him walk. No one's – well, they
0: don't have that kind of power. No one's going to trade – Uh, no one's going to trade for Foles on the tag. I would
1: – I could see a team like Jacksonville doing that. I could see – I could see a lot of teams doing that. Why would – why wouldn't they take a, a chance on that? If you're the Jaguars, why wouldn't you take a chance? You know,
0: I, I said that, and then I would kind of think I'm going to backtrack because, you know, you would you rather have Foles or Cousins?
1: Uh, well, I would <laughs> – Considering the money that they're paying Kirk Cousins, I don't think that the Vikings are a. So if you uh, took a
0: fly, yeah, if you took like a one-year flyer out on Foles as opposed to Cousins on that, it's not that long-term. I think his contract's only three years, but you know what I mean.
1: Right. No. No. I. I mean, what's what's the harm in that? You're. What are you going to lose? A couple of draft picks, maybe. Yeah, you're getting a you're
0: getting a Super Bowl MVP. That's um, the
1: only way that Philadelphia will allow him to go. I think. Otherwise, Carson Wentz is done in Philly.
0: I think they should move on from Carson because, you know, their season was over when they lost that Cowboys game. And then Foles comes in. They rip three straight. They beat playoff teams, by the way, when they win those three. They beat the Rams and they beat the Texans, make the playoffs, beat the Bears. And then, you know, they have the ball on the final drive with a chance to beat the Saints. I, I don't know how you could go back to Wentz, especially everything Foles did last season too. And it's not like Wentz was good this season, you know? He was no. good he was good in two thousand seventeen before he got injured. So there was never a question uh last off season, even though Foles did win the Super Bowl, that they were gonna have this debate. There was never a question. This season it is a question because there's you far have,
1: more questions this at the end of this year. And in I Philadelphia. think Philadelphia
0: for me, there's not really a question. I'd go Foles. I just I'm done with once. I think it's
1: that's just such a I, and I mean, I, I think that clearly they are a better team with with Nick Foles, whether, you know, it's what we talked about a couple of weeks ago where they just seem to play harder for him. They, the and players Foles team...
0: actually and Foles actually knows how to throw the ball to Alshon Jeffrey.
1: Yeah. And that I mean, the problem is, is that there's going to be a lot of people in that organization that are going to say, are we really going to allow our. Quarterback that we drafted to be our franchise quarterback, are we just going to give up on him after basically one year, half a year? Right, and that's going to be a tough question for a lot of people in the in the Eagles organization. And at this point, there's no real way you can keep both of these guys at this point.
0: Well, no, you can't because Foles is about to be a free agent, right? So, the last thing I want to talk about that game before we move on to the others is kind of the Saints' defense and how. You know, those first two drives, they were just getting bullied by the Eagles. They weren't getting to Foles at all. He had all this time, and they really came on um, after that point. Lattimore was insane. I kind of forgot about him and how good he was his rookie year. Yeah. And he, you know, he had the two interceptions, did a good job covering Jeffrey. So that was, um, you know, that was nice.
1: Yeah, real quick, too, on uh, on the other side of, of the field, defensively. I just thought it was very bizarre how in the first game in the game in the regular season that the Eagles played New Orleans, they found a way to shut down Michael Thomas. He was almost a non-factor in that game. Um he was unguardable. Does he have the that, best hands in the league? I mean, he doesn't drop very many passes. I think he has the highest high, maybe him or or DeAndre Hopkins. I think Hopkins DeAndre Hopkins did. had no drops all year. <laughs> So, I mean, it's got to be one of those two guys. But how do you – so clearly when you when you look at the Saints' offense, you're pointing to probably three players outside of Drew Brees that you have to say, these guys can't beat us. One of them is Alvin Kamara. The other one probably is Ingram, Mark Ingram. And then the third, and probably most importantly, is Michael Thomas. They had a game plan for him in the regular season. They didn't win the game, obviously, but they had a game plan for him, were able to take him out of the equation, and it was – like, they had no answer for him whatsoever today. He was open every play. It was ins- Like, every single play that he he caught
0: a pass, it was almost uncontested. It's and almost that, like they didn't know that that was their real only threat at receiver, New Orleans.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, of course they, they get Ted Ginn back today, but seriously? Yeah, Ted, Ted Ginn-, Ginn
0: and... Trayquan Smith and who was the guy yeah, who had the touchdown in the first Christian half? Christian Kirkwood. Kirkwood. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: Seriously. I mean, that, that just that to me, and I and I kept saying that when I was watching. How can they allow him to do this to them?
0: Their pass rush was really good, and this is the last thing before we move on. Their pass rush was really good. The Eagles for yeah. those first couple of drives, and then when Fletcher Cox got hurt. Didn't feel it like changed, it was the same. Yeah,
1: it changed everything. I mean, he, he's such a catalyst for them, and, and everything kind of starts with him on that line. So No, I, I know
0: he came back in and everything, but it just, he just didn't seem the same. Yeah, yeah. So let's move on to the next one. Can we go to, uh, can we go to my team? Let's go for it, man. Uh, the New England Patriots, they won against the Los Angeles, not San Diego, Chargers. 41-28 was the final score. This was the best game the Patriots played all season.
1: Well, I'll tell you why it was their best game offensively because they finally realized that James White is the kind of receiver out of the backfield that they need to use. And I've been saying this to you for what all year. All right, what? you act like this is something I
0: don't know, though.
1: But but this has been the thing for probably since Week Twelve, since Sony Michelle came back. They had yeah. they had taken him out of the equation, and I I mean I to me from the outside looking in, and I don't follow the Patriots nearly as much as as of course you do, but. Outside looking in, it felt as though that those last five, six weeks of the season that they were just going to say, you know what? We're not going to overuse James White. We're going to take him out of the equation because we want him healthy for the playoffs. Just smart because
0: he has miles on him, too. We
1: would rather not have these teams see what he can do the last couple of weeks of the year. That's to me what it felt like at the at the end of the season. And then they said, all right, playoff time. We're going to release we're going to release him and 15 catches out of the backfield that was, I think it was a, it was a record. He
0: tied the record. Yeah. He was like one short of it too. Uh, when he had his amazing Super Bowl 51. Yes. uh, Yes. And
1: then, and then with that, with all of that, that allows Sony Michelle to be a good running back.
0: So (laughs) Sony Michelle had his best game. He had over a hundred yards, three touchdowns. You know, I still don't like Sony Michelle, not because I don't think he's a good player or anything. It's just, I don't, feel the need to use a first rounder on a running back, unless it's someone like transcendent like Saquon. Because I think Saquon's a transcendent guy. And I'm not just saying that to kiss your ass or anything because I don't need to kiss well, your ass. Well the thing ass. is too they, no. they got they got um, the wrong running back too out of George. They got the wrong running back and then I look at a guy like Philip Lindsay who was undrafted and he's as a rookie and he's just so much better than Sonny Michel was this season.
1: Yeah. I, I but that that's that's the thing. this that whole they have to get Rex Burkhead out of the equation. I know he scored a touchdown, but he 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 it's, it gets to be too crowded to me. It just – you don't want to – and I understand keeping guys fresh and keeping the rotation the way it is, but when you start mixing in three running backs, there's just no flow to the game. How could they ever possibly get into a rhythm? When you have two guys that kind of complement each other, similar to Kamara and Ingram, where you have a guy like James White who can catch the ball out of the backfield, not really going to run the ball a whole lot, and then you're able to open up the running game with that and use Michelle – That, to me, is much more beneficial to the Patriots. And clearly, that's what was the difference. That uh, that ability changed the game for them.
0: So this was also Brady's best game all year. Edelman was Uh, looking like the Edelman of old. Again,
1: no one was able to to cover him.
0: The one thing, though, that um, has stayed the same for the Patriots pretty much all year that happened in this game, Gronk was a non-factor in the passing game. Now, he had some really good uh, blocks, and he was really big and you know, the blocking game, I guess. Um, But he was not effective at all in the passing game. He had one reception for, I believe, 25 yards. He was a non-factor for the most part. And that's kind of been the story with him all year. He's on his last leg. Is he going to be done after this season? This could have been his last game in Gillette Stadium very well. And they didn't really throw it at him either. He had the pass interference call on the very first drive, when it was third down, and then after that, Sony Michelle gets in with the one yard touchdown run. But Gronk was a non-factor in the passing game. I'm hoping, I'm having my hopes that he's going to have his one big game next week against Kansas City.
1: I mean, if he's going to have it against any defense, it's most likely going to be the Chiefs. I'm uh, clearly that that's been their that's been their weak link all year long. However, I just don't. And this has been the like you said, this has been the theme all year long. It's not like we should expect you know unless similar situation where they were just holding on holding him off but I don't think that was ever the case all year he's just not the same dynamic player that he was yeah I mean he's taken a lot of hits years ago clearly I mean there was always the comparison between you know Kelsey and Gronkowski and for years Gronkowski seemed to be the better player and then he took the hits he took the injuries and Kelsey kind of avoided those was able to play full seasons. Only had one major concussion. Injury well, hold back.
0: on, hold on. I wouldn't say Kelsey surpassed Gronk until this season. Uh,
1: no, I, I'm a, to this year, or you're saying that he's suppressed him in a previous year?
0: No, like this was the year Kelsey kind of right. The that, belt that's that's, the that's what, what I'm
1: yeah. That's that's what I'm getting at here is that he is he, the ability for him to stay on the field and not take those injuries and, and play full seasons and and kind of avoid the wear and tear that Gronkowski has has allowed him to. Stay at a level that Gronkowski has not been able to stay at,
0: and so, that's hold on, that's hold on. We're we're getting off topic here a little bit. So, the the Patriots just beat the Chargers. There's not really much to talk about from the Chargers' perspective. You know, their very first drive, they tied at seven seven. It was third and fifteen. Rivers hits Mike Williams after he missed them, or after Mike Williams dropped the uh, catch on the previous down, and then he hits Keenan Allen for the touchdown. But after that, it's just all Patriots. They took the ball to start the game. They didn't look back, scored on their first four drives. There's not really much to talk about, but I just wanted to mention with the Chargers, is this kind of it for Phillip Rivers?
1: You know, it's that's a good question because, you know, he's not young. He's not a young quarterback anymore. He's he's right up there with Eli and, and Ben Roethlisberger in that late 30s range. I do think that of any of those quarterbacks, he seems to have been able to extend his career longer than I think those two other two guys will be able to. Yeah. With that being said, I mean, they had their best year under Philip Rivers ever this year. Feels and like this was
0: it. And, and, and about, they only
1: made it to the visual round. So that speaks a lot right there. What does is, what is Anthony Lynn do? <laughs> I don't <laughs> know, I I don't i if you, if you drop if you dropped somebody that has minimal football knowledge but can you know understand that oh like I'm watching a game that Sean McVay's coaching, he's clearly an offensive coach. if you said, okay, I want you to watch the Chargers the entire year and tell me what Anthony Lynn's forte is, there's no chance that they could tell you what anthony Lynn well they were clearly
0: they were clearly out coached in terms of preparation and they weren't ready for the Patriots at all, right, but like. Yeah. You know, I, like what's his thing, Anthony Lynn? Like, cause this off, they have so much talent that sometimes I feel like, oh, they could win this 12 games with anybody, you know? The thing is,
1: the thing is, and, and, you know, maybe, I mean, uh, clearly they, they were out coach Bill Belichick is a better coach than Anthony Lynn, but you know, you also have to, to, to sit back and say, this is a team that, you know, a week ago was in Baltimore. They fly back to California and practice there for three days and they come back to the East coast. Eventually that, that mileage, you know, we said this last week that that shouldn't play a factor because Phillip it hasn't has been eight, them eight,
0: nine kids. You think
1: plane travels
0: is going to affect him? Come on.
1: L- listen, it, it's, it's late in the year. I'm not making excuses, but eventually that has to catch up with a team. And it's nice that the Patriots had a full week off to prepare. They knew who they were playing. They were able to, you know, rest up and get their guys healthy and, and, and create a game plan that was going to re- revolve around their two running backs. And that's what they did. And yeah. that's that's why. And clearly you can see it because the top two, the top two seeds in both conferences advanced. That's why the the regular season is so important, because you want to be able to get the buy so, and be the one two seed, because clearly
0: it has a massive advantage. And you saw it this year. So I wrote about this on the picks column I had on the website. Check the tape.com in case you don't already know. The last time that the top two seeds in each conference advanced was 2015, and before that it was 2004. So this isn't really a common thing, but the trend over the last couple of years has been the top seeds advancing. And when I say the top seeds, I mean the number one seeds. Every year since 2013, the number one seeds have played each other in the Super Bowl, except for 16, where the Falcons were in the Super Bowl because the Cowboys lost. The Cowboys were the one seed, and they lost to Green Bay in the divisional round. So... We could be headed to that again with the one seeds. Um, let's wrap up these other games real quick, and then I just want to talk about like some more big picture storylines because there really isn't that much to talk about with these other games. I mean, yeah. they were kind of they were blowouts, just like you the know, Patriots you
1: know, you know, the Dallas the Dallas game was was good. It, it had some moments. It just you just saw the difference between McVeigh and and their coaching abilities between that and his ability to get them ready and. He, the one thing you could say about Sean McVay is that he lo- like, and you and you've pointed this out for for weeks upon weeks. He loves to burn timeouts. He
0: really, he really does. does.
1: <laughs> he does. That's his big fault. And and the challenge on the Gallup play was bizarre. But you got to give Dallas credit. Yeah, I, mean,
0: I didn't get that at all. Like, how could anybody watch that and say that wasn't a catch?
1: Right. All right. I, I almost, I, I was like, wow, they might challenge this and rule that he was in the end zone. <laughs> how about that? And it yeah. was in, he wasn't in, but that would have been bizarre. Um, but you got to give Dallas credit. I mean, they 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 found a way to win at home uh, last week. You mean, you mean L.A.? No, Dallas.
0: Oh, last week you said right? Okay.
1: Yeah, they they find a way to win last week, and they pl- and they play the number two seed tough at, on the road. I mean, it wasn't. <sighs> I, I do think I. I they played a lot better than I thought they were going to. I I really did I really thought they played well. They, they the, the big problem was is that Zeke couldn't get going. They never Zeke got Zeke get
0: going. I kind of feel like and you know this is going to be the fallout for the Cowboys fans is that Dak's going to get some big contract out of this and Garrett's going to get extended. And I feel like you know, I, I'm not a I'm not a Dak hater. I actually kind of like him. I don't think he's, like, the worst quarterback. But Garrett, I do think, is the worst coach. Like, one of the worst coaches. Because if you watch this game and you saw the offense by the Rams with all the misdirection and the blocking schemes, and, you know, both Gurley and C.J. Anderson went for over 100 yards, Dallas' offense is so vanilla. There's not really much going on. They just pitch it to Zeke or, throw, or hand it off. Not really much going on. I don't know why they don't run RPOs. Um, why yeah, they a don't have the quarterback why, like they have. Yeah. Why they don't do uh quarterback draw or quarterback runs, design quarterback runs.
1: And that was the thing when they, when they were so good, uh, his rookie year Dak, when yeah. they were the number one seed, that was what they were doing. They were kind of leading the charge on, on this innovative new style of offense. You had the young quarterback that could run and you had the great workhorse running back. And they were, they were working off of those two guys and, and it just all kind of, it just went away. It it, it it's bizarre.
0: Aiden Graham's a better coach. Like their offense was no, just they, that, a, that, much that was better.
1: it. Yeah, that was it. I mean, McVeigh. Yeah. McVeigh. Say what you want about the you know the timeouts and and the weird challenges and and that is that's going to be a given every every week. But he is clearly a better coach than I would say twenty eight other coaches in the league potentially. Dude, McVay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll get into the. Uh, coaching carousel a little later. Cause I know you love that. Yeah. Um, do you want to pour one out for our guy, Malcolm Brown? Oh man. He had his time to shine.
1: He so if, in case
0: you didn't listen like all regular season and maybe you're one of the new, uh, we went from maybe 10 to 13 people now who listen to so this. If you're
1: one of the three that have, that have just started.
0: Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Brown. I asked you in week, whatever it was, I think it was before they played the saints, uh, the Rams in the regular season. Do you know who their backup running back is? <laughs> and you had no clue. And it was this guy named Malcolm Brown, and then Troy Aikman goes on to say, uh, "What did he say? He said, you know, I I, I tell you, Joe, Ma- this is Malcolm Brown, he would start on uh, a lot of other teams in this yeah. league.' That was like his. He had a, he had this like a, his crazy play against
1: the Saints, where he had he like tiptoed on the sidelines and scored a touchdown.
0: Yeah, and I was just like, what the hell are you talking well, about?' Well, what, what
1: did I say? What did I say yesterday? Troy and uh, and uh, Joe had had some good commentary uh, last night where they were going back and forth. What was what did it? What was I, I? I brought it up to you. I, it's losing me right now. What was. Oh, my God.
0: It, it was about uh, the coaching carousel. Was it I about know. a cup of coffee with McVay? Oh,
1: that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah save Anyone? it. Save it. We're yeah, getting to the coaching yeah, carousel. That's right. That was but a good one. Malcolm
0: Brown got injured. And then the Rams now have a backup that everybody knows. And C.J. Anderson, who is just as effective as Todd Gurley was. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, and has
1: been that effective since he's had to play, I mean, he's been, he's been good for what? Five weeks now that he's been on the team. And how about a, that's going to be somebody that's going to be in the market for a multi-year contract, uh, based on his performance. And he got cut by the Panthers cut by John Gruden and the Raiders and now well, finds
0: the uh, Panthers,
1: Panthers and the Raiders. He was, he was picked up by the
0: Raiders after the Panthers. Oh, but he didn't play a game for the Raiders.
1: Uh I don't know if he did. I probably cuz remember they lost they lost Lynch and they picked up they picked up CJ Anderson. I don't think he played though. You're right. But still, he, he was on the streets not playing and now he finds himself in probably the best offense you could ever imagine to be a running back in first of all. Uh and now he's playing very well.
0: Yeah, I just looked it up. He didn't get any Playing time for the Raiders. He didn't. He didn't. He never played. So another thing, Gruden didn't do right. Right. Uh, let's just tack that onto the list. But okay. So the Rams win this one. Their offense was just on another level. Dallas. You know they beat Seattle last week, but this week they actually played an offense. I wrote about this in the column where the guy calling the plays wasn't a complete. I don't know. Is idiot the right word? Do I want to call <laughs> yeah. Brian Schottenheimer an idiot? No. I mean he just was. <laughs> it was inept play calling. I mean I don't know. What to say? I don't. I, I don't like to call guys in the NFL idiots. Let's get to the final game: Indy versus Houston. Right now, why am I screwing? You, I not sit- Andy.
1: You, you can't stand the Chiefs. You're you're so out on the Chiefs right now because they got to play your boys.
0: No, I just I don't I don't know what it is. I'm like I've forgot about them. But yeah, so the Chiefs and Colts. That was another boring game. Chiefs offense, Mahomes. It was too good. For all of it, there's not really much to say. Um, the Colts never really got it going. So much for their great offensive line. Yeah, I was going to say this was the first time
1: that they really looked. They looked bad. Uh, and we talked about last week how Andrew Luck never seemed to be under pressure, and he's just cool in the pocket. This was the exact opposite. They were they were overmatched <laughs> uh, yeah. yesterday.
0: Yeah, and you know. Every time the Chiefs got the ball, it seemed like they were going to score. I think they scored their first three drives. Now, one of them was a field goal. The Colts got that one play, though, where they blocked the punt, and then mm-hmm. they got into the – and then they blocked the punt and scored off of it. And they made it 17-7. Then the Chiefs got the ball and scored right away with that. Well, they
1: missed the field goal at the end of the half, too.
0: Yeah, and Vinatieri missed an extra point later. I think it's time for him to hang it up. When you have a white beard, like, that's <laughs> all white, all gray – um. It's time to go. Like, well, what I more? Understand.
1: What more could he want at this point? You know what I mean. Like, he has the scoring. Well, the he has the paycheck. He has the record. I mean, the paycheck. Yeah, I guess yeah, that would be nice. I think but, that's
0: pretty nice, right? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's true.
1: Yeah, I mean, if he wants to work and make a living, I guess that makes sense. But
0: Janikowski or Vinatieri, which one should hang it up first? Janikowski. <laughs> Vinatieri still. he
1: Vinatieri still looks like he's in shape. You know, Janikowski has definitely put on some put on some pounds. And did you
0: see?
1: He, did you see what?
0: Did you see what Charles Woodson tweeted?
1: Yeah, he could have missed that one. He's like, now he misses
0: it, the snow or whatever it was.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that was also funny commentary too. I, I I found it funny how that game started, and you know, it was it was snowy and cold, and it was like a classic, you know, Kansas City, you know, cold weather. Playoff well, that's game. why
0: I that's why I picked them because I don't like picking the indoor team in the cold. Right, right. But uh, what I found funny was <laughs> was the commentary
1: about oh, this is Patrick Mahomes' first game in the snow. I wonder how it's going to go. Like, come on, it was like barely snowing. There was a little bit of snow on the grass.
0: I, I just like like how all of these like these, yeah the snow these, the snow wasn't a real thing for it me. Was, it was just a, it was cold.
1: Yeah, it was cold. It was yeah. cold. And he's played in the cold before. But all these people on Twitter and. And all these people that like to make you know yeah, these yeah. hot these hot takes are like, oh, it's his first game in the snow. I bet he plays bad. Like he was he he played in Texas. He doesn't know what cold is. He doesn't know what snow is. This is Please. his first time seeing snow. <laughs> He's never seen snow in his life.
0: Yeah, yeah. Come and on. I love how everyone overreacts to like you know these crazy throws he makes when he stretches his body and stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's that's those are baseball plays. Like yeah, it's the guy played baseball. Like.
1: Yeah. What, what, what do you want? I mean, he's, he's a good player. I mean, there's nothing, there's no more debating. He's, he's going to win the MVP and he's yeah.
0: You said, um, we did the one before the season ended that you think he's going to win. And I said breeze and now I, I want to backtrack. And I think the reason is when you get to 50 yards, 5,000 or er, jeez, 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. I think that's the benchmark that, okay, you got to get an MVP, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. He's, he was clearly the best player in the league all year and, It should be a good matchup. I mean, they get the rematch against the against the Patriots. This would be a great time for Andy Reid to kind of, you know, exercise the demons and and get to the Super Bowl with arguably his best team ever. Uh, Now,
0: with the Chiefs or ever, including the Eagles? I would say ever, ever. I mean, I mean he's yeah, I mean, the best quarterback he's ever had much better than McNabb ever was. Yeah. yeah. Vic I mean, during that one season was really good though. They, they,
1: he, yeah, they, that offense was,
0: was 2010
1: lights, lights out, but this is a, this is a better team. I mean, better offense, more, more weapons. I mean, really the only weapon on that team, that Eagles team was, was Deshaun Jackson. Um, and a lot of other, you know, kind of lower tier, I think Torrey Smith was on that team too, but this is, this is clearly a better team even without, I mean, how about the, what two months ago we were talking about? Oh, this Chiefs team—they lose Kareem Hunt. They're going to be a completely different team, and they—they they come right back at it. Damian Williams has been incredible. And yeah, without spe- without Spencer Ware, without they lose obviously Hunt for the for the remainder of this season and and beyond because they let him go after the the whole issue earlier in the year. But they haven't missed a beat on offense. They they still have the explosive weapon with with Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey is is a beast. Very, very tough to match up against. And they're healthy. I mean, they're a healthy team that has that has not missed it all year. And it should be a good matchup.
0: So, all right, I have a couple questions now I want to talk to you about. Or maybe not questions. Some of them are points. Let's go through the potential Super Bowl matchups. Just from a storyline perspective, okay? Mm-hmm. What's the most interesting to you? Would it be Patriots, Saints, Brady oh, Brees? Well, I think... To me, I'm a little bit different when it comes,
1: you know, when when I when I don't have a dog in the fight, and I rarely ever do. No, I'm not asking you
0: what you're rooting for.
1: No, I I think for me more interesting would be Chiefs Rams because it's two teams that have, hadn't been in the Super Bowl in in years. I mean years. The last Whatever, time, yeah. The last time the Rams were in the Super Bowl was the Kurt Warner years. When they lost to the Patriots. Right, right. And the Chiefs haven't been in the Super Bowl. I can't even tell you the last time they were in the Super Bowl. They haven't won a Super Bowl since Super Bowl three. So I mean it's been or Super Bowl four. Super Bowl four? Super Bowl four. Super Bowl four. Yeah, the Jets won Super Bowl three. Um but but yeah, that to me that to me is far more interesting. I know that the storyline between oh, you know, you have the two old quarterbacks, we have Breeze, great Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and Breeze and Brady, that could be interesting to some people, but I like the idea of two young teams, two young quarterbacks, two franchises haven't been in the Super Bowl in a long time,
0: haven't won a Super Bowl in a You just want to see that Monday night rematch, don't you? I
1: I, really, I don't even
0: need that. I just I like the excitement of that. I do. I do. So Okay, there's that side of it, and then the other possible matchups. Saints Chiefs is probably No, I don't want to say it would be unexciting or unentertaining because, you know, that would be great Mahomes breeze. Um But Patriots-Rams, you know, for me, I would like it because it would be coming full circle. Patriots won their first Super Bowl against the Rams. Maybe they could close one out against the Rams. Belichick, the best coach ever versus the up-and-comer in McVay. They would talk about nonstop for a two-week period how much older Brady is than McVay. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about the uh the underdog Patriots? Did you see Brady's post-game interview with Yeah, uh, give me a Wilson? break. Give me a break. I mean, if you had to start picking these teams to win the uh the Super Bowl, the Patriots would be fourth on your power rankings, right? Uh yeah,
1: probably cuz they're they're going to yeah. be a, they're going to be a road underdog this coming week. Yeah, I think it opened up as minus 3 yeah. against uh Kansas City. The only team I could see them having being the favorite over is maybe the Rams. So maybe.
0: I think it's funny because, you know, when you think of the Patriots, you don't think of an underdog, but they really are when you think about it. Why? Because they, they're not the number one seed. They haven't won, you know, 14 games. I mean, just look at the talent on this team compared to the others. I know they looked great today, but come on. They're not and as you, talented as these other teams.
1: When you ask about matchups, and we'll, we can come back to the, the whole underdog situation, but when you ask about matchups, I really think there's only two matchups that are intriguing, and it's the one that you proposed with, with Breeze against Brady, and it's the one that, that I proposed with the two younger teams. The yeah. other two possibilities to me are just kind of bland. I, I just—it doesn't— I mean, be fun. It'd be cool. Especially, especially, you know, Chiefs, Saints, I guess, you know, you could say, oh, two high-powered offenses— Uh, You had the you know, you had the two quarterbacks that are potentially up for the MVP. That would be, you know, a storyline for that. But I really think that the best situation, if if you're just from a rooting standpoint, if if that's all you want to do for the Super Bowl, which many people will be doing that, they're just rooting for a good game. The two best solutions for you would be Breeze against Brady or Mahomes against Goff. Those two are the best solutions. I just think that the other two solutions potentially pose blowouts. Yeah. I just think that the other well, two... well,
0: there's no blowout if the Patriots are in the Super Bowl. No matter what, it's going <laughs> to be a good game. Yeah. So they,
1: they've never had. They've never been in a game where it's not been within a score.
0: Well, in the Brady Belichick era. Right. Right. But- okay. So. I wanted to ask you this, because, you know, it's the offensive explosion in the NFL. We've talked about the offensive revolution. The Chiefs have Andy Reid. Rams have Sean McVay. Saints have Sean Payton. The Patriots have Josh McDaniels, who could be a head coach if he wanted to, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, he had the job last offseason. Turned it down. At the 11th hour. That's the right expression, right? 11th hour, yeah, because 12th hour would be... Yeah, 12th uh, hour would have taken the job. Okay. Right. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, which one of these teams do you think is the best defense? Oh,
1: New Orleans. You think New, New Orleans?
0: Orleans, without a doubt? I mean the
1: the way that they changed this is they, they gave up what fifty points week one to to the Buccaneers, forty points week Something one to like the that. Buccaneers. Yeah, a lot the of the way points. they the way that they have kind of changed their entire defense from the first half of the season to the second half of the season is pretty remarkable and. And they're the only defense that I, I could see stopping a team. Like completely shutting a team down on offense. The Rams defense, they have the big name guys. When Talib is on, he's probably the best corner out of all of these teams remaining. I mean you whoa top, whoa whoa. The top the top corners are clearly are t- clearly Gilmore, Lattimore, and Talib. Those Gilmore's are my top
0: three. Be, Gilmore's the best one. Come
1: Tlaib, on. T- when Talib is on, he plays on a different level than, than those other two guys. He's just, he's just, a, he's
0: possessed. He's a, yeah. he's, he'll get hurt a thousand times like he did for the <laughs> Patriots, but not when he left because he was never hurt when he played for Denver. <laughs> he, uh, he, to me, when he's, I mean, when he's
1: on, that's, that's a different story. Probably yeah. over a consistent basis, Gilmore has had the best year out of all three Who of those guys, season? clearly.
0: Yes. Did you like Tlaib's, uh how he interrupted Jared Goff's yeah.
1: interview? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a live TV, nice little f bomb thrown. <laughs> Who's the, who was
0: the um, guy interviewing Golf? I can't remember who it was. Oh, it wasn't man. Aaron Andrews. It wasn't Aaron Andrews. It was uh, uh,
1: Chris. Trying to think of his. I can't think of his last whatever. name. Did you Chris see Myers. how he audible? Like, did you see yeah. how he
0: audible? Like removed it right away. Yeah, he the he had the mic.
1: He had the mic out, ready for something to say, and then he snapped that
0: thing back. That was impressive. Um but for best defense I'd either go with the Saints or the Patriots. The thing is I don't think the Patriots' run defense is good, but I really like our secondary with Gilmore, McCordy, Chung. Uh, See, the
1: thing is for you, Jackson, you've been you've been complaining about this defense all year.
0: The run defense.
1: You've been but you've been it's not that's the thing. They they to me the Patriots can if if you put the Patriots against the Saints or you put the Patriots against the Rams they have issues. Chief, trying to, we, will, we will this weekend. Right, right, yeah. I mean, clearly. But when you when you put the Saints against any of the other three teams remaining, they match up better on defense. All right, defense. so you
0: agree. The Patriots are the underdog. <laughs> this came full circle. The, the Patriots
1: are the underdog in this game, and then it will depend on who they play if they advance in the Super Bowl. The only team that they will be favored against, I, I believe, would be the Rams.
0: I don't think they would.
1: Really? Really? You don't think? I think. I see. The reason why I would say that is because I think a lot. Vegas would would look at it as well. You know, they are the experienced team against a young quarterback. Uh, clearly, the public would view Brady. Yeah, as I know a, what
0: you're. I know what you're saying. The Rams haven't been the haven't been there yet. The Patriots have been there. This right. would be their fourth time in five years that they would have been in the Super Bowl. Right. Um, I don't know, but they
1: would be favored against the Rams. I'm I'm fairly sure of that if they if they it oh, wouldn't be large. Much. It would be maybe like a three much, point, that. three point spread, maybe. But yeah. I see what you're saying. They're clearly going to be underdog this week, and they would probably be the underdog. underdog against the Saints.
0: With the underdogs. It's stop it. Know. But don't if this don't, trend don't, continues, don't
1: don't pull don't pull a Philadelphia from last year. Stop oh, it. Where the
0: where the masks? Yeah. Uh, but if this trend continues with the one seeds, then we'll be looking at a Chiefs Saints Super Bowl. But yeah. all right, I want to talk about the head coaching carousel. Your favorite topic. Yeah. Um, Let's run through it real quickly because we're at like 43 minutes and I wanted to let you do a Super Bowl pick or not a Super Bowl pick, but like who you think is going to be in the Super Bowl. Um, I'll do mine when I write. Okay. So I'm going to go through the head coaching hires and you're just going to say a brief sentence and I'll maybe join in. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. Adam Gaze to the Jets.
1: Oh, hate it for the media purposes. I really do.
0: All right, I liked him. I just didn't think he had a lot of talent in. Me. I
1: just, I don't
0: think. I, I don't, don't think he's going to get that talent with the Jets either. Yeah, well, so. no, he's
1: not. I mean, he at least he has a. He, at least he has a quarterback that's a little bit better than than Brian. All Tannehill. right, he's,
0: he's got to be fast. Let's go. But uh, yeah. Dolphins Brian Flores, which is not official yet, but
1: I have no opinion of that whatsoever. All right, you want
0: me to answer this because he's on my team? Yeah. Um, he ran one half of. Like one side of the ball for one season. <laughs> head coach. Yeah. And it's not like our defense was anything phenomenal this season. It was fine. It wasn't great. It wasn't Defensive head coach
1: doesn't make sense to me in today's right. NFL.
0: Okay. Got to be faster. Zach Taylor, Bengals, which seems like it's, that's what it'll be. I don't get
1: that one either. It just goes back to
0: what Aikman and uh, Buck were saying. If, right. If, if you have a cup of coffee, coffee with McVeigh, Yeah.
1: It's crazy.
0: And, you know, I don't know if all these offensive coaches – I mean, they're obviously not all these offensive coaches are going to be successful because that's just the nature of the game. It's, right. um, But, you know, I do think you should go for these offensive coaches, and this is the way the league is going. And if you hit, great, but, you know, more likely than not, it's hard to hit on right. these coaches. So, I don't know. I like the gamble, but – I do think teams have kind of gone crazy with trying to find the next McVeigh because he's not just this genius offensive mind. He's also just a great leader, a great yeah. head coach. He has this culture of openness, and he allows the players to come to him. He doesn't think he's bigger than anybody. So I don't know if other head coaches will copy that same method that McVeigh uses. Okay. Who did I just say? Zach Taylor? Yep. Who's next? Uh, Vic Fangio. I hate it. <laughs>
1: Absolutely hate it. It's the exact opposite of where teams should be going in the NFL. I
0: liked it when I thought Kubiak was going to be the offensive coordinator. Right. But he's not. And now they got this defensive minded head coach, and the NFL's going away from that and going towards the offensive minded head coaches. And I thought Kubiak would just run the offense. But without that, I don't know. I don't really like it. All right. What's next? Um, Freddie Kitchens. You know.
1: I get it because he was involved. I'm sure that they, they wanted a guy that had a tight rapport with the quarterback and, and with the offense. I get that one. That one sort of makes sense to me.
0: Yeah, the offense kind of took off when he got promoted to offensive coordinator in replaced of Todd Haley, and Baker kind of took off from that point too. So I get that one. I just wanted Lincoln Riley to be there because of, <laughs> you know, the whole – college, yeah. uh, NFL, whatever. I've always liked that when that happens. I really liked it when the Celtics signed Gordon Hayward. Now that hasn't really worked out, but he had a freak injury. So, um, okay, let's go to the NFC coaches. Arians to Tampa.
1: I like it. I do. I think Bruce Arians has good years left in him. And, and it makes sense for a team on offense with a quarterback that has just kind of been dysfunctional. So well, I do this think is he can bring some
0: stability. This is how they rationalize keeping Winston for another year. Right um what else is there uh your boy cliff kingsbury yeah let's talk about him no i don't watch college
1: football you don't watch it as much as you used to i watch Um, i watched it when he was when he first came in i mean i was big into college football so he he went 35
0: and 40 at texas tech got fired was gonna be the offensive coordinator at usc Mm -hmm. and he backed out of that to become the head coach of the cardinals this is kind of weird this is, you know, is uh, is this, what's his name all over again? Who was the guy who was the Alabama offensive coordinator? I'm blanking uh, Kiffin. Yeah. L- Lane, is Kiffin. Lane Kiffin all over again.
1: Well, this is, you, you said you like the, the risk by the, um, with, with Taylor, Zach Taylor. Um, I think that I see this not as him sim- specifically, just all of them. Right. No, I see this as a similar, you know, kind of low risk, high reward kind of situation. He's a young coach. He's been he's been able to work with good quarterbacks. If you think about it, he had Mahomes, he had uh, Case Keenum, he had uh, Baker Mayfield at one point as well. If anyone needs a quarterback coach it's with Rosen. with a young yeah personality, it's Josh Rosen. He well, was, they might take Kyler Murray. Did you see that? Well, the Kyler Murray also, as of right now, is demanding what fifteen million dollars from the A's to play baseball. So When's that could that be an inter- the
0: that's tomorrow. tomorrow,
1: tomorrow. Yeah, that'd be fun.
0: Um, so, so you like the risk on Kingsbury.
1: You know, I, I, it, I can see where people get upset about it because, you know, he only has, you know, has an under 500 record. But I it's a, it's it's a calculated risk. You take the chance. It's better than a defense than Vic Fangio. I can tell you that much. All right, last one. LaFleur to the Packers. Matt LaFleur, the former Titans uh, offensive coordinator. Yeah, this one is one that you you and I talk bit, talked about. This makes no sense whatsoever. I never
0: watched the Titans offense this season and thought, you know what? That's a good offense. Do you remember that game? I think it was Monday night. I think it was against Houston. I'm not 100% sure, but it was a primetime game, and there was this one play where it was a fourth and one, and they needed to convert. They were in uh, the red zone, I believe, and the offensive play call was to throw it to the backup tight end for a rushing attempt. You remember this? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't. But it was not even does... the backup tight end. It was like this third or fourth string tight end. I was like, "What the hell are they doing?" So this guy is apparently an offensive genius because he was on, <laughs> and now McVeigh's... he's got a coach, and now he's got to be the head coach of of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and he was on McVay's staff last year, so it goes back to the whole. He had a cup of coffee, of coffee. with McVay. So I don't know. None of these hires are really like. I don't know. None of them are making me scream, but you know, they always turn out to have one or two good ones. You know, Nagy yeah. was probably the best one from the previous year, right?
1: Yeah. And, and Frank, Reich, I think too. And
0: Frank Reich and maybe Vrabel.
1: Yeah, that's the, it's still out. I mean, Curry's I think, still that, out. yeah, I think he's a good, he's, he's definitely the right kind of coach, whether or not he's successful there is is another thing. Okay. I do. I think if I were to rate, if I were to tell you which I one I think is the best one. I like the Arians higher. I really do. I think well, that
0: that can work out. I like Arians. I just think Winston is unsalvageable, and I think he's a bust. All right. Well, give me your prediction for who is in the Super Bowl. I know these games just ended, and right. you haven't had a lot of time to think. Yeah. But uh, just just do it. Just from do the, it.
1: From gut reaction. And I, I know what you're
0: going to say anyways.
1: So you, so you, think, you think I'm going to say something that I might not say. So I, I'm going to go. I like I like the home teams. I like the Chiefs and the Saints. I do think that that it's just been it's been chalk all all playoffs. Why go away from it at this point? I like the matchup for the Chiefs at home. It's it's just different for Kansas City and and the Saints are a better team than than the Rams. They are and I and I like
0: Saints don't them. lose in that dome. They don't and I lose like the them game. at
1: home as well. Exactly.
0: Yeah. They don't lose in that dome, uh, even though they were down fourteen zero today. But uh, they didn't yeah. lose. They didn't they lose. Did not- um, do you wanna do you wanna overreact to anything, Mister Overreaction? Because
1: listen, Colts. I think the Colts can make the Super Bowl. I did, I did it, but I didn't. But I said I didn't pick them to win. I th- I said I, I didn't think ask you who win. you were picking. I said I, I think I? they could win. They can. If I was gonna pick any team from from Wild Card Weekend, that was the exact quote. Any team from Wild Card Weekend that could win the Super Bowl, I said the Colts because I thought they were the better of of all those teams. With that being said, I didn't think they were gonna win. In Kansas City. Well, none of those wildcard teams won. Right. Right. Yeah. Actually it was pretty underwhelming. We thought we were gonna have some good matchups and
0: most of those wildcard teams got blown out. Yeah, I wrote that I think divisional weekend is the best two day a two day period in sports, better than the consecutive two day, better than the Thursday and Friday in March Madness.
1: Oh, uh, I would I disagree with you on that one.
0: Well, I think I was uh actually I didn't say I thought it was. I just said like it's up there neck and neck with the March Madness.
1: The, those two days of March Madness, I mean, any anyone could watch that. You don't even have to – you could know nothing about it. But it's
0: the, it's the quality versus quantity debate because you expect these games to be better quality in the March Madness. You just got all these games. Now these games kind of sucked. And the Eagles-Saints game, was it even that good of a game? I felt like the Saints just had the ball the entire second half.
1: I mean, but this has been a problem all year. We haven't had good football all year.
0: Well, if you want good football, you know what needs to happen?
1: What's we need? Uh, what do we need to happen?
0: The New England Patriots need to be in the Super Bowl. Oh. You know it to be true. Give me a break. Search it in your heart, Lord Vader. You know it to be true. Give me a break. Um, Stop don't, it! Don't act like it's not true. Don't act like the Patriots don't give entertaining Super Bowls. Just don't. so, so, so obviously you want.
1: Uh, this is not you know. Obviously you want the Patriots to be in the Super Bowl. Which team? Which which team would you
0: rather play? Not thinking about that. We're on to Kansas City. We're on to Kansas City.
1: How do you feel about...
0: Having- you know, this is the first game in Arrowhead the Patriots have played since Trent Dilfer's famous, let's face it, they're not oh. good anymore. <laughs> this is their first game back in Arrowhead now. Obviously, completely different teams. Um, but it, I, I don't know. It's just funny.
1: All right, so do you... I have to ask you, and I've been asking you this a lot during the season. Okay, you make this, com- this will be our
0: last thing. And do you feel go. confident? Uh, what in the Patriots to win? Yes. Um, is that an answer? Is that good? Is that, does that suffice as an answer?
1: <laughs> I, that makes me believe you're not confident.
0: I'm con. I, I wasn't that confident against the chargers. And you know, I felt really bad, especially picking against the Patriots, especially when Brady came out and said, you know, a lot of people think we suck. And he said something like that. And then I was just like, Oh God, I'd let Tom Brady down. <laughs> you're
1: part of the problem.
0: I let Tom Brady down, and maybe I don't know. You guys I, have been best friends. I've known him pretty much my entire life. <laughs> now he hasn't known me. He doesn't know me, but I've known him. <laughs> my quarterback since I was in elementary school. <laughs> All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. We will be back back Monday, actually, or like later in the day Monday, I think. After you get the um,
1: holiday, you get the holiday on Monday.
0: Yeah, so we'll be back then to do week. Or not not week, we're past the regular season to wrap up the conference championship games and kind of look forward to the Super Bowl. You want to do like a podcast during Super Bowl week? Um, doesn't have to be that Sunday, but like look at this on the fly producing. Uh, we can just go over storylines and what who we think could have a big game or whatever.
1: Yeah, you want to preview the Pro Bowl?
0: No, no, (laughs) I not, not even, no. (laughs) All right, thanks for listening. Talk to you next week, man.